Welcome. This is Michael Volkov, and this is episode 36 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Our episode today focuses on how to respond to a government investigation. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Today, we will examine how a company should respond to a government investigation. Before we begin, I want to remind you that my law firm, the Volkov Law Group, represents companies and individuals in government investigations. Our firm has extensive experience in this area and has successfully represented numerous companies and individuals in FCPA, antitrust, SEC, healthcare, and internal investigations. We also offer internal investigation services to companies, including conducting internal investigations, design of effective internal investigation programs, and training of investigators in interview techniques and investigation strategies. If interested in discussing our services in these areas, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Now to today's subject. A company can learn about a government investigation in a variety of ways. The Justice Department has several means by which to inform a company or to disclose to a company uh, an ongoing criminal investigation. For example, the Justice Department can execute a search warrant for documents and other items at a company's offices. It can issue a grand jury subpoena for documents and or testimony. It can, uh, FBI agents uh, may contact corporate officers and managers to interview them, right? This is usually called ambush interviews. And a prosecutor can call up a general counsel to request information or write a letter requesting information and explanations about certain activities. Aside from these situations, a comp- company may also learn about a government investigation involving the industry when competitor companies in the same industry disclose investigations or uh, they hear about, for example, an ongoing investigation against a competitor. Once the company learns it's under investigation, the company has to collect critical information about the activity and business segment that may be under investigation. The important questions include, what is the nature of the conduct? What are the apparent violations under investigation? Where is the conduct occurring? Is the conduct limited to a specific division, office, area, country? Is the conduct ongoing or has it stopped? At the same time, a general counsel has to notify key stakeholders, including the board, the CEO, senior management, and sometimes public relations and communications uh, uh, officials from the company. Once this occurs, a general counsel should enlist the support of outside counsel who might be able to assist in initial contact with the government. Now, when I refer to general counsel throughout this, this may mean the general counsel and chief compliance officer together, uh, working together uh, on this particular matter. The initial contact with the government prosecutors is a critical moment. A general counsel has to reach out and schedule an initial call and make contact. A number of questions should be asked. Even if the prosecutor does not answer a specific question, the general counsel should keep asking questions. There's no harm in asking. I once was asking a series of questions, and the prosecutor rhetorically, at one of the questions I asked, said, Are you kidding? 
And I said, no, I'm not kidding. But what's the downside of asking those types of questions? Sometimes a prosecutor may answer it, or you can tell from their tone of voice or the way that they handle it, uh, you may get some insights as to what's occurring. So some of the initial questions that uh, should be included in this initial contact is, what is the government investigating? What are the potential criminal violations? How long has the investigation been going on? Are there other companies being investigated? What is the company's status? Are any individuals subjects targets? What part of the company is being investigated? What geographic areas are the focus? Did you interview already any corporate executives, managers, or employees, or ex-employees? And let's take a moment here just to go through the three classifications of status that can occur with regard to a, uh, an investigation. First, there is a target. Now, that t- term usually gets mis, uh, misused and misinterpreted, uh, especially on the media when talking about, for example, the Russia investigation. A target is a putative defendant, meaning that it is somebody who is going to be or about to be uh, indicted. So that does not mean that uh, they are not the subject of an investigation. If they're not a target, it still means, it just means that this as a subject, which is the next category, their conduct is under investigation. So first is a putative defendant, somebody who is about to be indicted. Second is a subject, a person whose conduct is under investigation, whose activities, whose statements are under investigation. And the final category is a witness. The pure witness is somebody who observed something, somebody who uh, uh, heard, uh, heard something. These are the types of people whose conduct is not under investigation. However, they are a witness to conduct that may have occurred. Those are the three categories within which Uh, And it's very unlikely in an initial call, for example, that that a prosecutor is going to tell you, oh, your company is a target. No, the the, the company is not about to become a defendant at that moment. Uh, It's unusual to have it at the initial stages, something like that, uh, unless there was an ongoing investigation against various other, let's say, companies in a cartel investigation. And all of a sudden they say, well, we're about to indict your company as well. So... In this situation, um, you're likely to call up and find out that your company is the subject of an investigation. So depending on the answers and the specific situation, there may be reasons for the general counsel or outside counsel at this time to begin correspondence with the prosecutors to confirm certain representations. Now, you may bring in outside counsel at this moment just because you need uh, some support, some assistance. It's somebody who knows the company very well. It does not necessarily mean this outside counsel is going to be the person who, if you do an internal investigation, that they're going to be used to conduct it. In this case, you're bringing in a trusted advisor, somebody who knows the company and also may have a relationship with the prosecutors. So based on this information inquiry, the general counsel should then brief the corporate stakeholders and the team, what I would call your crisis management team, develop a response plan and make important initial decisions on a response. 
Once these decisions are made, the general counsel and outside counsels should schedule a meeting with prosecutors to discuss and confirm various issues. An in-person meeting is critical to schedule because more information can be learned, and this may inform the company's ultimate response strategy. To build a response plan, though, the general counsel, and again, when I use that shorthand, including the chief compliance officer, including trusted outside counsel, have to understand the nature and scope of the government's investigation. A grand jury or the search warrant will include important clues as to the government's investigation. Grand jury subpoena, for example, for documents will include a schedule of specific requests that will provide important indications as to the scope of the investigation. If a search warrant is executed, the documents seized, as well as some of the search warrant paperwork, will include important clues. Once an initial picture of the scope and nature of the investigation has been developed, the general counsel has to make sure any possible offending conduct has been stopped. If the conduct has already stopped, then the general counsel has to make sure that it does not recur. So there are a number of questions that this team has to address and a number of important critical decisions that have to be made. Does the company, for example, have to conduct an internal investigation? In other words, to learn what the conduct is, to investigate it, to find out the nature and extent of it, and to make sure that it has stopped. Who should conduct the internal investigation? In-house investigators, outside counsel, independent outside counsel. In other words, not your trusted advisor's firm, but another independent firm. Should the internal investigation be conducted under attorney-client privilege? That obviously will inform uh, some of your consideration of an outside counsel. Who will oversee the internal investigation? The board and the audit committee? uh, And who will oversee it on a day-to-day basis? Who are the potential subjects of the investigation? Does anyone have to be walled off from the internal investigation? For example, is, your, is it alleged that your CEO was involved in it? Was a senior executive involved in it? Could your general counsel actually be alleged to have been involved in it? Where is the evidence of the issue located? Is it in the United States? What countries? What types of data privacy uh, laws may apply in terms of your access to information? And do we need to take actions to preserve uh, evidence? An internal response team should be created consisting of legal, compliance, human resources, information technology, finance, public relations if needed for responding to inquiries, with due care, though, for exposure to privileged information. It's hard to maintain, for example, a privilege with with a public relations official who may attend certain meetings. In addition to an action plan, the general counsel and outside counsel have to schedule consultations with the board, CEO, and senior management, and some important decisions have to be made in terms of developing a response strategy. What's the potential exposure of the company? Who, if anyone, from the company is under investigation? Should the company cooperate with the government investigation? What are the pluses and minuses? What is the possible uh, financial implication? What about reputational risks? Uh, Could this be a matter that even Congress uh, could get involved in and what would happen then and how to address then all of these risks? Next, the general counsel with outside counsel should meet face-to-face with DOJ prosecutors. If the company has decided to cooperate, this is an important opportunity for the company to learn more, to commit to conducting an internal investigation, and to remediating any problems that are discovered. 
If the company has not yet made such a decision as to cooperation, the company may seek to learn additional information from the DOJ prosecutors, report back to the board and senior management, and then return to discuss the issues and ultimate decision by the company with DOJ prosecutors. Before the second meeting, the company has to develop a response plan, meet and confer with the board, CEO, and senior management to make sure everybody is on board for the decision and the strategy. Once a decision uh, is made to cooperate or not cooperate, the company has to develop an action plan surrounding its internal investigation. Unless and until a company learns about the conduct that occurred and the specific exposure, both financial and reputational, the company is not in a position to execute a strategy of cooperation or non-cooperation, fix a problem, and develop a full plan to move past the scandal. There are difficult decisions that have to be made, often without full information, but strong indicators of what likely occurred. If a company is able to focus on as much information that can be gathered, the ultimate decision will be better informed and ultimately help the company make the right decision. When deciding to conduct an internal investigation, the scope of the investigation has to be carefully calibrated. An overly narrow investigation could lead to second-guessing by DOJ prosecutors when reviewing the company's internal investigation effort. On the other hand, if the company can restrict a full fishing net and broad investigation with little justification, the company can save resources, time, and effort. When the company reaches a decision to cooperate and conduct an internal investigation and report to the Justice Department, the company has to develop a timeline and plan to bring to the DOJ prosecutors. This is a critical interaction. A number of issues have to be addressed, and credibility is important when dealing with DOJ prosecutors. The issues that have to be addressed during this meeting include the focus of the investigation. What is the focus of the investigation going to be? How will the company conduct the investigation? What evidence will the company review? Who will the company uh, interview? Who does the company plan to, to conduct the investigation? In other words, is it going to be outside counsel or in-house uh, attorneys? Or which outside counsel will it be? Are there any data privacy issues that will impact the ability of the company to collect and review evidence, and how long will this take? Obviously, along the way, the company has to commit to reporting and regular intervals to the Justice Department about steps that it is taking and progress that it is making. There will have to be a timeline that's provided for further reporting to the prosecutors. The deadlines and expectations have to be clear and confirmed in writing. As the plan is implemented and the investigation conducted, the company has to balance a continuing need. Keeping the DOJ prosecutors informed of all significant developments or events that may require cha changes in the overall plan. Depending on the importance of the issue, the company has to determine if they should conduct uh, a telephone conference or face-to-face -face meeting to keep DOJ apprised of the developments and to discuss changes in overall approach or strategy in conducting the investigation while providing uh, certain updates uh, as to this step. A company has to dedicate time and attention to maintaining the relationship with federal prosecutors, and the ultimate settlement will depend on the company's relationship and professional interaction with DOJ prosecutors. There will be disagreements, and professionalism is key to the result. This uh, podcast is just about how to respond and get started in this process. 
uh, down the road, we'll, we'll conduct an, another, well, I'll put together another podcast, which will talk about dealing with the Justice Department and then ultimately negotiating a settlement uh, and going through the Philip Factor analysis. Anyways, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com, and let us know how we can help you achieve your goals.